Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, welcome to this popcorn podcast with Lee and Tim special. It's all about Avengers. It is. It's all about Avengers Endgame. And now we have the chance, you know, a few weeks after the director said you couldn't talk spoilers. So here we are about to dish all the spoilers on this epic three hour, one minute Hollywood blockbuster. With the third week in, we can safely reveal spoilers now. And the third week in, it's actually the number two movie of all time. I know. Can you believe that? It's it's dethroned Titanic, but uh, mm-hmm. fear not, James Cameron, you still have Avatar at the top, but I reckon it's definitely going to take over Avatar. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. I mean, if it makes $2 billion in three weeks or less, it was actually two weeks, wasn't it? Uh, I think it's got the 2.7 that Avatar has at the top well in its sights. So the movie was a bit of an emotional roller coaster. What did you how did you feel coming out of it? I kind of felt satisfied, I think. They brought the two main story arcs of Tony Stark and Captain America to an end, obviously just to go straight in there. Tony Stark, I am Iron Man. He did sacrifice his life to save everyone, so he did die. And if you remember back in our review we were talking about this particular scene where that young boy was at it was actually his funeral that's what we were talking about so Mm -hmm, now we can mm -hmm. actually say that that's Mm. what that pivotal moment was and then I guess with Steve Rogers or Captain America I actually particularly really liked his end to his story how he Mm. got to Mm -hmm. travel back in time and he chose to live a life as a man all those Mm. years that he that he missed when he was frozen 
we presume. Uh, a lot of people were very confused about that whole timeline situation. Oh. And the Russo brothers have just come out recently and confirmed, and also it was confirmed with the new Spider-Man trailer, that there are indeed multiverses. Yes, I was so excited when uh, the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer dropped and they basically just went straight into it. Tony Stark's dead, there's multiverses in the MCU. You know, Spider-Man has to save the day, Nick Fury's brought him on board, and I'm just like, okay, great. It was a ballsy move that they announced such a thing so soon after Endgame, but I guess there's not many people left in the world who haven't seen it yet. And it kind of answered a lot of questions, didn't it, Lee? Because hmm. I was confused at the end going, what does this mean? Hmm. Are, there, are there alternate realities here? Or is everything honky-dory and we're all everything existing on this one timeline? It certainly adds a lot of excitement and complexity to, the ne- to Phase 4 of the MCU. But I'm just going to say, I guess it opens up the possibility of introducing the Fantastic Four and the X-Men mm. into the MCU. Obviously, since the merger with Fox, um, mm-hmm. they were tied up in 20th Century Fox, had the rights to a few Marvel characters, but now Disney are rubbing their hands together. They've got them all. So I guess introducing a multiverse, thanks to Endgame, allows them to kind of weave them into the story over the next couple of years which is pretty exciting. Mm. So speaking of questions, where did Loki go? Yes. There was, a whole, there was a whole scene where Cap, Tony and Scott go back in time to get the space stone. They go back to the events of 2012, the first Avengers movie. Yeah. And he manages to escape with the Tesseract. I know, that's pretty exciting. Where did he go? Where did he go? Good question. He went to Disney Plus for his TV show that's going to <laughs> come out at some point. Yep. I think that's pretty, pretty exciting that, I mean, Kevin Feige, the directors, the writers, like they're just geniuses, like having these little mm. moments that's kind of like, all right, Loki's kind of used the Tesseract to disappear, but that also sets him up that he's still alive um, and that we will have more stories and adventures with the God of Mischief in the coming years, which is pretty exciting. Uh, what other little things like that, Lee, happened? That's Okay, so Loki kind of disappeared. Captain America handed over his shield to Falcon, which I I found that an interesting choice. I wasn't sure what the choice was behind that because I had it in my head that he would give it to Bucky. Well, yeah, me too. For some reason, that seemed the logical choice for me. Um, And and to your point, like in our original review, you were like, did you feel a bit underwhelmed about characters that didn't get much screen time? Well, Bucky was one of them, Mm. don't you think? Mm. And then there was this moment at the end where you thought, all right, this is Bucky's moment. He's going to get the shield. He's going to be the new Captain America. And Mm. yeah, big curveball uh, with Falcon but I mean it's pretty exciting like we'll see, we'll see what they churn out with Falcon's character will he be called mm-hmm. Captain America <laughs> I don't know Captain Falcon Captain Falcon maybe doesn't if, really have, doesn't have the same ring to it still so many unanswered questions it's driving me mad um, mm-hmm. I have lost sleep and had several headaches trying to figure out the time traveling aspect of Avengers <laughs> Endgame. And I don't know if I'm any wiser than I was to begin <laughs> with. But I guess the Spider-Man trailer did answer those a, a big chunk of them going, okay, so there are multiverses and things went wrong and mm-hmm. things are branched off. And we, that's just the reality, I think which is pretty exciting. So a lot of characters got a nice resolution. It was very bittersweet, but we obviously, we saw Captain America lived out his life. He went back to Peggy. That was emotional. dance with his girl. That's how the movie ended on the first Mm -hmm. dance, um, on their first dance. It was just quite poetic. It was nice for a superhero movie to end on such a moment. It was 
quite striking. And despite Tony Stark's demise, he got a nice moment with his father as well when he went further back in time and got to say a few things to his dad that obviously had been weighing him down for some time. And Yeah, that was quite, That was nice. That was really nice. And it was a scene that the writers and directors didn't hold back. They let it play out. Like, it was quite a long scene, wasn't it? for mm. you know, was. a character moment it wasn't no action no kind of it kind of put pause on mm. what they were there doing which was quite important and timely and they took uh, you took a step they took a step back and had that moment between Tony Stark and his father and it was yeah really brave it was quite it was quite an extended moment but i guess looking back on the movie now it feels like a love letter to iron man doesn't it it really does yeah, mm. it really Even does. Even though it's about all the Avengers, it was quite a nice send-off for Iron Man, Tony Stark. And so it Robert should. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, well, it, it, it was a love letter to Robert Downey Jr. as well, wasn't it? Because he mm. he gave us the MCU, he set the tone, he set the bar really high back in 2008, and he deserved, he deserved his character deserved that, that ending, that moment, despite yeah. it being really sad that we may or may not see Iron Man again. I mean, what, what do you think? There's probably going to be different iterations of Iron Man in the multiverse, well, whether it be other characters or mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. will kind of be thrust into it maybe in five years' time. Or I don't know. What do you reckon? Well, is this why they've introduced Harley Keane, that young boy who was in Iron Man 3 and popped up in Tony Stark's funeral? That's right. Is that why they've introduced him? Maybe, but that's the that's the original timeline, isn't it? I wonder whether he pops up in a multiverse as well. Oh, um, I see. Somewhere mm. down the line, I don't know. So many unanswered questions. People, <laughs> and speaking of speaking of other people who uh, didn't make it out of the movie alive, Natasha Romanoff, oh, Black Widow. We said goodbye to her. Wasn't that quite the battle between her and well, Ronan? He wasn't referred to as Ronan in the movie at all, was he? Hawkeye, yeah, no. Hawkeye, yeah, no. Apparently. Yeah, Ronan, yes, of course, no. No. Mm. But, yeah, that battle that they had trying to – both of them wanted to sacrifice themselves to retrieve the soul mm-hmm. stone, and that was quite a, a battle on that cliff, which is pretty exciting. But also, yeah, that was a bit of a shock. I mm. was not anticipating Black Widow to be one of the fallen, but it also answers a question on what the Black Widow movie is going to be. Well, actually, no, it doesn't mm. because oh, it's probably going to have to be a prequel. Yeah. But, it, but it could be Black Widow in one of the alternate universes. I don't know. Mm. We'll, we'll see. People were quite upset about Natasha taking the fall and saying it maybe should have been Hawkeye. I think it should have been Hawkeye because I, I like yeah. Natasha Romanoff more than Hawkeye, just from a selfish mm. point of view. I think she's a much more interesting character than him, despite him getting a, a bit more screen time in Endgame, you know, with his family perishing in the snap that Thanos did back in the Infinity War, or all the all the torment he went through and the man he became, you know, in that five years later um, part. Mm. So, well, we haven't actually mentioned that, the fact that we went five years later. Mm. So it was a big jump. You know, it, it actually happened really, really quickly, didn't it? Like in the first 20 minutes, mm-hmm. they'd actually found Thanos and killed him. And mm-hmm. it was kind of going in a whole new direction I wasn't anticipating. But then they had this big time jump of five years later. And that kind of brought the tone down and kind of, mm. you know, set up the series of events that got them, you know, traveling back in time to retrieve mm. the Infinity Stones at different points in in history to kind of reverse the snap and this is the moment where my head starts to hurt (laughs) trying to figure out how that happened 
a lot happened over the five years that we didn't see. And one thing in particular that seemed to have everybody really disappointed, and myself included, was that Thor had just let himself go and fallen into this deep depression and become this overweight, sloth, slobby character living in, in New Asgard. Yeah, we got Fat Thor for Avengers Endgame, which mm. I think was a really big risk don't you agree in that like yeah. he was quite hammy from in his comedy he was very loopy mm-hmm. and loose and we it, we kind of alluded to the fact that thor was really going through stuff he lost his mother his father and loki mm. and and jane all these people mm. in his life and he was actually quite tormented but then they flipped it and this five years later and he's this beer chugging fat god of thunder and he, he did kind of break down some very serious moments in the movie, though. And I guess it was kind of an extension on the comedy um, mm. spin that they gave on Thor Ragnarok. Do you think they went mm. a bit? Do you think they went a bit far? Do you think Chris Hemsworth kind of went a bit far? I think they were aiming to bring a bit of Ragnarok humor in, and I think they failed miserably, to be honest. Oh, wow. I don't think that was the right. I don't think that was the right way to go with the character. I felt quite strongly about that because we saw this arc already. We saw him tortured. We saw him fighting with his own sense of failure in Infinity War. Like, I feel we. I feel we already saw that arc, and I don't think we needed. Obviously, one character needed to be taking it a lot harder than the rest. But I just think Thor was not the right choice, and mm. it was not the right way to go about it because there was no way to come back from that especially not in the time frame that we had to see him and he was just the butt of everyone's jokes and I I, yeah I think that was the wrong thing to reduce him to yeah and the wrong I wasn't invested the wrong thing for the movie as well you think yeah definitely it was not the right way to go I think everybody was broken you could see that and if you wanted to have one character take it even further that's fine but to have him lying around new asgard drinking beer and playing video games it just seemed like he was playing Fortnite. <laughs> it didn't fit it didn't fit and it was a cheap way you know fat jokes come on be, yeah. be more be better than that yeah true i true. think it's just i think it was just the wrong way to go and it was the wrong character and i wasn't invested in him coming back from that even when he went back in time and he actually had a little moment with his mother I felt like that was just complete fan service and just not necessary yeah it was you know, when you say fan service were people disappointed when she died in Thor Dark World is that why they kind of gave her another moment like what what was what were we maybe, serving the fans there in that moment well maybe but I just feel like in terms of the character stories you know the Asgardians are very accepting of death I think mm-hmm. and they're as part of the the way the world's turns and you know it's all very spiritual and they're they're gods and they understand life and death and all of that kind of thing so i i don't see thor pining away for his mother all these years later right i mean obviously obviously he would be sad and bereft that he's lost all his family and he's lost most of asgard but it just seemed like it wasn't a necessary thing to do that's a really good point to make so you think it was it wasn't in character uh, as an asgardian to be as broken as he was yeah, mm, yeah. Interesting, yeah. Um, and I think he'd already been through that broken stage in Infinity War. It kind of takes away from the gravitas of his torment in Infinity War. I agree with you there because mm. it kind of then he just takes the piss on his uh, grief um, mm. and how he's dealing with the way of the world. But, yeah, I mean, look, it was a big risk. I think some moments paid off, but the majority of it, I'm I'm on your side of the fence, Lee. I, I think it was a bit of a misfire. One other character that I think was also very underutilised was Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. Why was she... 
Why was she shoehorned into the Marvel Universe only to be sidelined for most of it? That really pissed me off (laughs) because (laughs) I I loved her character in Captain Marvel and I think she did a brilliant job and I was ready for her to kind of bounce around with the other Avengers with all the banter and all the kick-assery that we ultimately saw. And she buggered off for half the movie. And also that god-awful haircut, I just could not handle it. That bloody, um, can I speak to the manager haircut (laughs) that she ultimately (laughs) had. I was just like so distracted and confused as to why she looked like that. It was a very, very strange choice. Um, why did they do that? Did Brie Larson cut her hair and they needed to explain it? Or oh, what no. was the story behind that? Oh, it was just a mistake. I don't know. It, did she have a bad haircut um, and they had to do whatever they could to fix it? But I, don't, I really don't know. That's the, that's the, my number one question on Avengers Endgame bugger all the time travel and what's next it's like why did carol danvers have that hair but i mean i I guess they address the fact that she uh disappeared again for a long time going you know you're not the only ones in the universe who need help and you know they all Mm. a lot of them don't have the avengers like that was a good throwaway line that kind of answered that like you just accept moments like that but things Mm. um the mcu do it all the time you know that the deleted, not the deleted scene, well, it ultimately was a deleted scene in, in Endgame, but the end credit scene in Captain Marvel mm. where she says, where's Fury? She comes down to the Avengers. Mm. That that missing from Endgame kind of made it really confusing as to why she just showed up and saved Tony Stark and Nebula in space because assuming, mm. assuming like they were able to locate them down there and then she flew up and got them. But it, it, was, it felt a little bit for the pacing and joining the dots it was just it seemed a little bit too convenient and a little bit jarring Mm. and even more so because then she was hardly in the movie until the end and that was just yeah really disappointing i'm with you there i can see i see why they had to keep her out of it for most of it because if she turned up it wouldn't have been such a battle obviously she is the most powerful character in the mcu planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And if she'd turned up, it would have just been a non-event. So obviously they, they couldn't have her show up too early in True. the final battle. True. But I still wonder why they had to shoehorn her in at all. And why not maybe wait until after this movie and have her kickstart phase four? Yeah. Would have been good. I mean, I think she needed to be in Endgame because they did squeeze her movie in before. So there had to have been a reason for that. No, but that's what I'm saying. Maybe mm. they didn't need to squeeze that movie in. Oh, maybe they should have waited... And had that movie start phase four instead and yeah. have her out of Endgame completely. Yeah. yeah, because what did she actually contribute to Endgame? Well, she, she got Tony out of space. I guess that's important mm. enough because <laughs> mm. I don't know how else they would have got 
him back down to earth. He was actually... Oh, is that all? Is that all she did? <laughs> well, that's all she did. I mean, it's a... Yeah. <laughs> Pretty important. Is um, that enough? Is that enough? It's not enough for me, Tim. It's not enough for me. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see what the um, extended edition might have at the end of the year. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Oh, bloody hell, it'll be a four-hour cut. A character we got back in an unexpected way was Gamora. Yeah, we had bad Gamora because of the, the timeline. So it wasn't Guardians of the Galaxy Gamora. It, yeah, she was still working for Thanos, which mm. is pretty exciting. I love that moment between her and Quill where he didn't realise it was the Gamora he hadn't grown to love yet. <laughs> and didn't she kick mm. him in the balls or something? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, it's like it's like a 51st date situation. He's going to have to make her fall in love with him all over again. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so funny. So is she dead like what's the deal is she still dead so his, his version of her is dead i think and okay, the right. older version is now five years in the future or no sorry more than that it was yeah however many years in the future it was it's going to be interesting to see how she fits into the next guardians of the galaxy if it, if at all like she's definitely in it mm. right oh my gosh i feel like this podcast edition should be just all the questions that we have <laughs> And then revisit them over the next uh, phase (laughs) four as they're all answered, hopefully. But no, yeah, that was... uh, Having two Nebulas was pretty trippy as well. Evil Nebula and and Reformed Nebula. She Mm. actually played quite a pivotal role in this movie, uh, both good and Mm -hmm. bad, which Mm -hmm. is really interesting. A character that you wouldn't think would get so much screen time or have so much importance, but I suppose their association Mm. with Thanos lent itself to that, I guess. I really enjoyed her evolution, actually. It was a very touching moment when she was on the ship with uh, Tony Stark and giving him the last of the food, and she's she's come a long way. Yeah, she was quite stoic and mechanical and mm. unemotional for quite a few years, quite a few movies. But, yeah, that was kind of like her seeing through more of her human qualities, which was actually a really touching moment, yeah. One moment that I really loved that I want to talk about is Captain America wielding Mjolnir, wielding Thor's hammer. Oh, shit, yeah. That was exciting. How how exciting was that? Oh, that was brilliant. We, we had a little sort of taster of that in Age of Ultron when they were all trying to lift <laughs> lift the hammer and see who was worthy and, and Steve Rogers was the only person who could sort of make it move a little bit. So to it. see that he could, yeah, but to see that he could wield it so easily, it was just, oh, perfect. I loved his storyline and the end of his storyline. I think oh, it was really beautiful. It, it was, was a perfect so cool. way to say goodbye to Captain America. It was both kick-ass and and really moving because yeah you got those big big moments with thor's hammer oh how good was it when thor was like i knew it (laughs) that he could could pick it up and that he was ultimately worthy i kind of like that he was so excited about that too that he wasn't worried he was he was sort of like yeah he was really cheering him on yeah oh absolutely well i guess he needed to everyone needed all the help they could get at that moment in time it's been quite cool actually have you seen the videos that the actors have been releasing of their illegal videos on set mm-hmm. of kind of like them all mm-hmm. hanging out mm-hmm. in that big battle moment. That's kind of cool to see that all the combination of all the actors coming together. It's kind of cool because you wonder like how many of them were actually there together or how many were like CGI'd in later or like mm. filmed on a different soundstage. But it seemed like yeah. they logistically got a lot of those actors in the same room together, yeah. which is pretty fucking cool. Well, well Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts actually dropped a bomb at the Avengers world premiere in 
LA or wherever it was, when she was talking to the one of the reporters, I don't know if you would have seen this, but no. she was saying they they asked her what her favourite moment of filming on set was, if she could talk about it, and she sort of said, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it, but my favourite indelible moment was when we were all at this beautiful lake and having this beautiful moment and it was just every character from all of these movies all together and I just went, oh, they're all together. They're all together at some point. And, Did of course, she- now we know that. Yeah, now we know that was Tony Stark's funeral. Did she legit say that at the world premiere she just did. before anyone was about to see it? <laughs> she oh, did, yeah. She did a Tom Holland and a Mark Ruffalo just kind of like dropping yeah. these bombshells. Oh, yeah, gosh. meanwhile Chris Evans didn't want to be interviewed because he was too worried about saying anything and she's just like, oh, yeah, we're oh all together. <laughs> but that, that was a great moment, though, when the camera pans around and sees all those, all the mm. Avengers, all, all the MCU characters kind of like paying respects to Tony. Oh, a big kick-ass moment with Pepper donning mm. an Iron Man suit mm-hmm. and, and yep. fighting side by side. That was pretty cool. I also feel like moments like those were a little bit throwaway as well because obviously they'd set that up a bit earlier on that she might be able to do that and we expected her to do that. But to have her just all of a sudden appear on the battlefield <laughs> in a suit, it felt a bit like, oh, hello. <laughs> Where'd yeah. you come from? Well, there was that, like all the, how they all entered through the portals and whatever. It was just kind of like, all right, mm. it just happened. I like a bit of context and, and anticipation. Like I would have liked to have seen them all preparing on the other side of those portals and coming through. Yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah. Then I, but then I guess it would have taken away from how yeah. dramatic and big that moment was. So I don't know. That was a great it was a great fist pump moment. And there was another fist pump moment, which I really enjoyed and which has been criticised for being a little bit heavy-handed is when all the women of the MCU or the women heroes uh, take the front line mm. to help get the glove to to where it needs the wasp fixing her gloves and everyone striding along and everyone thought that was a little bit heavy-handed I think the backlash was a, that it was a little bit twee but I actually really enjoyed it yeah. I loved it boo all the haters that moment was probably one of the best <laughs> it was just like yes yep. I love mm-hmm. that. And, I mean, it, it was probably a little too late for a moment like that, in my opinion. Mm. But, I think, heck, they, they'll never be able to pull off something like that again. No. I think, actually, what they were doing was supporting Carol Danvers. They, was, they were coming to help her. And I think what the backlash was saying was that, obviously, Carol Danvers doesn't need a lot of help. But <laughs> yeah, I think... it. She's I, I think, Yeah. Whatever the excuse was to get them all together, taking the front line, I think it was amazing and I loved it. But it was like an extension on that moment in the trenches in Wakanda with um, mm. Natasha Romanoff and uh, a few other well, yeah. characters where they were kind of like banding together and, you know, had each other's back. So it was just kind of like that moment but on crack, mm. which is pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Even if there were a few cheesy moments or it's a superhero movie. just love it. It's, it's yeah. going to be cheesy and, moments. <laughs> and everyone loves it so much and it was the perfect culmination of this 10 years of 22 films of the MCU. I think it was a really great way to say goodbye and also to, to let Tony Stark rest. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. I love you 3,000. You know, when, I know, right? And you know, when, you know when Pepper says to him on the battlefield just as he's about to die and she says, you can, you can rest now, and that was just, oh. That, that was really, really powerful. Yeah, it was. Because that's his, been his thing throughout all the movies. He could not rest because he wanted to save the world. He wanted to make everything better and... Exactly. The journey that Tony Stark has been on and the performance that Robert Downey Jr. has given has been phenomenal. The, mo- the, the universe is going to be less off without him, definitely. Oh, I know. It's actually really sad, but it was a matter of time. It needs to happen. But obviously, mm-hmm. like, the ripples will be felt throughout Phase 4 and beyond, I reckon, because look, you look at the opening of Spider-Man Far From Home 
where he's literally mm-hmm. mentioned immediately. Happy and Peter are sitting down talking about how much they miss him. Like there's real consequences for what had happened, real moments of grief that will that will ripple through all the different movies and story arcs. So he will certainly still be a part of the MCU vicariously. His legacy will live on. I want to talk about that moment between Pepper and Tony where she tells him mm. to, you know, you can rest now. I read that mm. obviously, you know, the directors are talking more about the movie and what did and didn't make the cut and all that sort of things, mm-hmm. of which there are many. And people were wondering why there wasn't a moment like Thanos got with young Gamora when he snapped, mm-hmm. when he did the snap. Apparently, mm-hmm. oh, I forget her name. Like you'll remember, she, she's the Australian actress in 13 Reasons Why. Catherine, mm-hmm. Catherine mm-hmm. something or other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was cast, her scene was cut. She was cast as an older Morgan, which is um, or something we haven't addressed where Tony and Pepper have had a mm. young girl in the five years later part. So he's got a lot to mm. live for and, you know, he's changed mm. as a person. There was going to be a moment where he was going to be interacting with an older Morgan and that was her character. And they ultimately cut that because it was a little bit with test audiences. It didn't quite work because it was such a huge moment for him to have sacrificed himself and to ultimately have died. But then mm. for him to have this relationship with a character that we hadn't actually engaged with and it kind of fell a little mm. bit flat. So uh, my understanding was that that moment between him and Pepper, because they wouldn't have done both, was probably mm. a, a pickup shot of part of the reshoots where they had that moment about now you can rest. Mm. They kind of repurposed that moment that was going mm-hmm. to be with his older version of Morgan uh, with Pepper. But I think it worked much, much, much better because mm. you've we've gone through these these movies with Pepper and Tony throughout their relationship so it made sense that they kind of brought everything home together in the end. Well speaking of Morgan that's that's the reason why uh, Tony Stark didn't undo everything that Thanos had done and rather just brought everyone back in the moment five years later so he didn't he didn't reset time and reset what Thanos had done Mm. he just clicked his fingers and brought everyone back so that he would still have Morgan would still be there yeah and she would still exist. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Which is that quite, was nice. um, yeah, which is quite nice, and and a different sort of Tony, isn't it? Speaking of cut for time, I'm a bit disappointed that we didn't get that scene on Vormir with the Soul Stone with Hawkeye and Natasha. I mean, Thanos got that nice little moment with the young Gamora. You know, we didn't get that with Natasha. She was just dead. She, she was, was just gone. dead. Yeah, that's true. And also, and and it felt very abrupt as well because we didn't get a proper send off for her. Tony Stark got this beautiful funeral and it was all really lovely and that was wonderful. But where was Natasha's send off? Yeah, th- so they weren't celebrating her life at Tony's funeral either, were they? It was just all Tony Tony. That's not that you point. could not that you could see they didn't make a big deal of it at least and I was that was what I was disappointed in I I feel that she was the right person to sacrifice herself like a lot of people think it should have been Hawkeye but she was the stronger fighter of the two so True. for me it makes sense that she would win that battle and she would sacrifice herself and she was so determined to be a better person and do the right thing yeah. so I think for, in terms of her character it was right that she was the one to be sacrificed. Yeah, sure. But but then afterwards there was no payoff. There was no goodbye. There was no, I don't know, it felt abrupt for her and I feel like she deserved better. Yeah, it was a bit brutal. But I guess is that mm. just playing on the fact that she was a very isolated person personally mm. and professionally in, in what she did and her upbringing and whatnot. Like her family were the Avengers. So I guess to your point, it is a bit strange that they didn't yeah, pay homage mm. to her or give her a moment. But then it also just kind of reiterated the fact that she was a very lonely woman. Do you know what I mean? 
She didn't mm, really have yeah. much in her life to live for other than mm. the Avengers, which is, I guess, mm. why she ultimately sacrificed herself for them and the greater good. I still feel they would, would have honoured her life a little bit more than yeah. that. We saw the Hulk throw a park bench across a lake in grief, but that was it. Also, actually, you've just brought up something. like I thought they were mm. actually, they had it in for each other, like they had a thing going. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really feel that in Endgame, and it wasn't really touched on anymore. Like, I thought that would have been a bigger, a bigger moment. It would have felt bigger if, you know, they had built their relationship in Endgame a little bit more as well, don't you think? Mm. Yeah. Bruce Banner and Natasha. I felt like that was mm. kind of just brushed over sure he he got the most emotional when they found out you know she died but then they just moved on didn't they do you think she maybe got a little bit turned off by his new look because <laughs> the hulk had a, the hulk had quite an interesting look in this film oh my god how it's like not a, discuss a hybrid, this it was a hybrid of a cardigan wearing hulk bruce banner it was very professor hulk professor hulk. um i loved that iteration i thought it was brilliant mm. like bruce was at peace with with the monster inside him and it kind of made it work that he would live as the hulk but a, yeah, that hybrid professor hulk sort of sort of existence and he he was hilarious he was witty he was funny um mm. and actually really really interesting that they went down that road mm. and it kind of helped show that passing in time the five years later it kind of helped you position yourself five years later because he was so different to what we you know the angry hulk but i guess we did mm. get flavors of angry hulk when they traveled back in time to 2012 for the first avengers and that was it made it it made it all the sweeter because you had professor hulk kind of up against angry hulk kind of and seeing how they have mm. changed over the years that was actually quite cool but yeah no i loved what mark ruffalo did with that character and hopefully we have not seen the last of hulk either hopefully he pops mm. up in a movie or two in phase four and may, maybe get his own one again he hasn't had his own movie since 2008 but yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what's in store for Hulk. Well, Mark Ruffalo hasn't had his own movie at all as the Hulk. No, because what was it, Edward Norton, back in two thousand and eight? Mm. Oh, I think that's a missed opportunity because Mark Ruffalo is fantastic. Oh, he's brilliant. He's only proved it time and time again in that role over the years since the first Avengers. That's when he was introduced, wasn't it? Yeah. So he's been in the in the game for a while. So I think I know what your answer is going to be. But how many popcorn kernels did we? Did we give this? Do you stand by your statement? Yeah, I was actually thinking about this because I gave it five. I think I was caught up in the emotion and the grandeur <laughs> of it all. And I still think it's worth a five, five popcorn kernels in terms of the scale and everything that it pulled off. And there will not be a movie like this in cinemas for quite some time. They're, they're once in a generation, I think. It's like the Titanic of its time, the Avatar of its time. The list could go on. That's what Avengers Endgame is. But I think I might take a kernel away and maybe give it four because there were just a few things in there that i think you know we've discussed you know fat thor and a few things that didn't do a few misfires within the movie but ultimately i think it's certainly worth four absolutely no no less but maybe not quite five what about you did you gave it five no four and a half didn't you yeah i'm gonna stick at four and a half because i do think it was an epic achievement and the production was amazing and everyone did such a fantastic job there were as you said a few and i have said there was a few disappointments but i still think it's worth four and a half out of five yeah absolutely i'm gonna stick Uh, with it check check with me in a month and maybe i'll chuck in a half popcorn kernel as well who knows (laughs) i think it's definitely one of those movies that you need to see Mm. two or even three times just to take it all in so and opinions change over time and i just like to i like to sink my teeth into understanding some of the choices the directors made and it kind of gives things a bit more a bit more context 
and you kind of moments that you may have missed or misinterpreted that kind of take on a whole new meaning. And so I like mm-hmm. to I like to experience movies like that over the course of mm-hmm. time and get more out of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to doing with with Endgame. Well, it's still in cinemas, so get out and see it if you haven't seen it. It'll be in cinemas for a long time yet, I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's definitely got a few more dollary dues to make in the coming weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I reckon it's going to hit 3 billion. Yeah. That's my that'll prediction. That'll smash that'll smash some records for sure. Yeah, it certainly put Avatar in the dust. But yeah. we'll watch this yeah. space get out and see it and thanks for listening to our avengers spoiler full bonus episode yes well looking forward to hearing what you guys think as well of the movie yeah reach out on social media and let us know all right well that's it from tim and lee and popcorn podcast we'll catch you next time thanks tim see ya Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.